Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. I am Steph Driver in place of our director of fun and games, Bill Matz, who is, I think, en route back from Los Angeles. Yeah, I think he's I on a plane right now. Yeah, I think he's on a plane. So I am your mistress of mayhem today, I'm checking to see if the Facebook video is working because I've been told that it is not. Um, I am joined by some of my favorite people in the world. Starting with Charlie O'Connor from The Athletic. So, uh, Elliot Freeman did his 31 thoughts, posted his article today, and there was one of his 31 thoughts about the Flyers. And I want to highlight a sentence from that particular thought because it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, and the sentence was, the Flyers don't admit it, but privately, word is they feel one year away from a true assessment of how good they are. And this was in reference to the Dave Hackstall, Fire Hackstall chance and the fact that Hackstall backed his coach and whatnot. And that sentence makes me uncomfortable because to me, it, what it reads to me is we don't think we can judge Hackstall as a coach because his team isn't good enough yet. And in a lot of ways, that bothers me because, number one, I don't think you can just throw out years of coaching just to be like, oh, well, we can, what did we expect? Like, well, no, you can still maximize your your the ability of, your, of, of yourself to get the most out of your team, number one. But number two, here's my real concern. Like, what if next year's team is bad? They, they seem to believe next year is, I guess, the year. What if the team next year is bad? Does Hextall look at the situation and, and say, well, I guess we just now we know our team isn't good, but it's still not Hextall's fault because I know he's a good coach. Like, it, it, the further you kick this can down the road and you refuse to acknowledge that, like, maybe you might not have the right coach, the, big, the bigger chance you're going to have of, like, making a bad decisions, wrong decisions, evaluating the players you have. And I just, I, I hope that they're taking a wide view of this and they're evaluating both the players and the coach because that read to me, my concern is that it read to me that they are just evaluating the players because they know the coach is right. And I don't think that's a certainty. Yeah, it, it's concerning to me for a lot of reasons. Um, not only because of, everything that you said but also like if if you're only assessing the players the players could be fine but the coach sucks yeah. and that's the coach's fault um and i i just none of this is okay because if you're picking a, a coach over players which is kind of what it sounds like there's a fundamental flaw in in your management system yeah, just as I said, my concern really here is that like you can't just take two years because like last year wasn't good. This year doesn't look like it's going to be good. You can't just take two years of coaching and say, oh, well, that doesn't matter because the team wasn't good enough. Like that's two years of the team underachieving versus their talent level. And that can't just be thrown out because, well, we're not a cup contender. Like, no, this team isn't a cup contender, but this team could be a playoff team. And if two years in a row they don't live up to their talent level, then you can't just say, well, it'll be better when the team's better because, yeah, probably, but it still might not be getting the most out of that team, that better team. I agree. Uh, next, 
the person that I guarantee I like better than you, whoever you are, Kelly Hinkle. I thought it was going to be Craig. Yeah, no, it's Kelly. Right. <laughs> no, it's Kelly. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. It's Kelly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm all bajiggity because I can't make Facebook work. All anyway, um, I'm having a lot of, I invented a word earlier before we started broadcasting, confliction. I'm feeling a lot of <laughs> confliction about this team. Um, in that I really like them and I want them to win all of the games, but at the same time, I yearn for long-term success and an excellent team that can win a Stanley Cup at some point. And I'm afraid that if this team finds middling success under Dave Haxtell's extremely limited skill set, we're going to be stuck with it for a long time and then we'll never, ever win a cup. Yeah. Thank you and good night. <laughs> I also agree with that. Uh, and last but not least, our stand-in for me... Sports are bad. Craig, I don't know how to say your last name. Forsyth. There we go. Come on. So I'm going to use some points that Charlie made and also some that Kelly made. And I'm going to argue that since we already endured a 10-game losing streak from the Flyers, and it seemed that every other sports team in Philly did pretty well, um, there are now 23 games between now and Super Bowl 52. And I think if we lose every single one of them, we will help our draft pick. Maybe the Eagles can still win the Super Bowl. That's oh, all. boy. I'm giving up on the Flyers. This I regret one, to, to inform you that Craig has been fired yeah. <laughs> and is no longer a part of this podcast. Just add, add it onto the list. Sports, sports yeah, are indeed bad. Uh, yeah. So 23 games between now and the Super Bowl, but do they win mm-hmm. after that? Yeah, they can win after that. I would actually, I, you know what? Uh, if you're losing 23 straight, I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, if you lose losing 23 straight, I'm pretty sure They're that fall. As, mu- as much as Ron Hextall clearly likes Dave Hextall, I don't think he survives a 23-game <laughs> losing streak after a 10-game losing streak prior to that. I just I want to see like the transaction page just like one day after that 20-game losing streak. It's just Hextall loans everybody to like Lehigh Valley. It's like you <laughs> Every go, single yeah. person. Like, can you imagine three wins in 36 games? No. <laughs> you know what? I could. That's, that's the problem. That's the problem that is here. a problem. I wanted to say earlier, too, I didn't know if you wanted me to jump in. Jump in yeah, whenever okay. you want to. To Charlie's point, I don't, what are the big changes going to be between this year's roster and next year's roster? Like they lose Manning? Not a ton. Then, yeah. yeah so Man- oh, no. Brandon Manning will be re-signed because. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, probably. I, 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 I mean, think they're going to let Manning go. But I, I guess know. they bring in Moran and maybe Myers. And Hexel's not making a trade or signing. Maybe Vorobiev, maybe? Yeah. Like, because he's probably For not going to, he's probably going to resign Filipola. Yeah. You think he'll resign Filipola? I say, I don't. Oh, okay. No, but he probably I, won't. But I you never like know. They do be like traded him. at the deadline. Like, maybe. You think so? It's like, possible. If, if they're not in contention, I would yeah. think so. He does have, I think, like a limited no move. Mm-hmm. So he has some control over where he can go <laughs> or not. But I, I don't think, even though I do get the impression Hexel likes Filipola, I don't mm-hmm. think he likes him enough to sign, I think he's 33, to sign a 33 year old to like another four year deal. I certainly hope not. Oh, my God. Del Weiss. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> At least Dale Weiss is in his 20s when he All got right, signed. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh. positive Dale Weiss. He's not old yet. <laughs> He'll He's get just there. not good. <laughs> How old is he? Is he 29-ish? Okay. That's my guess. All Jesus. right. That feels right. Um, so remember that time that Travis Sanheim freaked everybody out? Because he was being a teacher's pet and getting some extra ice time and practice you this mean morning. That time like twelve hours ago. Yeah, yep. I don't even think or it was a full hours. twelve ten hours, hours ago. ago. Ten nine hours ago. And we all freaked out because we immediately assumed it was Dave Haxtall doing Dave Haxtall things. Now, Travis Sandheim was just being a teacher's pet, getting some extra practice and some more ice time. This is why it's problematic. Because we all automatically assumed that this was correct, that Travis Sanheim was going to be the healthy scratch for Radko Gudis tomorrow. Because it's what we've been conditioned to believe, that the coach doesn't know what he's doing, and that he's going to scratch a rookie or a talented offensive player for somebody that is less so. This case, it is not Gudis that is the less so. This case, it is Brandon Manning. Well. Well, Brandon oh, Brandon Brandon's injured. injured. So Mark, Mark so Alt. So we Mark Alt. Mark Alt, yeah. Mm. It's problematic. So <laughs> my, my only thing with that, though, is like, I agree that it's concerning that everyone thinks that like, oh, God, they're going to scratch Sandheim. It's also concerning because we're all just that crazy. <laughs> like, well. we, like, we've all lost our minds, too. So 
It's we've partially been conditioned. on us. <laughs> no, we've been conditioned into this fragile mental state. Yeah. yeah. Brandon Manning's getting to that, uh, the Vandermeer point. Yeah. Like no, I'm, I'm he just, like, he's passed yeah, for he's me. He's like zero dimensional and he just will always be in the lineup. It just doesn't matter what happens. It, that, but, that's it. Like he, yeah. He's the guy that gets the veteran respect, which is a whole yeah. other level of bullshit. I, I do. I like Mark Alt just because... Hextall feels like he is a sixth defenseman, so he plays six defenseman minutes. I think the thing with Manning is there are some games where it's just like, all right, you got to carry the team, and then they put him out there. Which is insane. <laughs> it never used to be like that. Like like last no, year, yeah. he was basically the third pair guy. Then this year, yeah. I guess because they have this idea that you know we can't use too many rookies up the lineup, right. and Manning is just like one of the few vets they have. So mm-hmm. by default, he gets to be a second pair defenseman or a borderline first pair defenseman by minutes because. Well, I mean, we can't use the kids in that role. So, Brandon Manning, here you go. Yeah. So, as it stands tonight, the Philadelphia Flyers are back in last place in the Metro with 29 points in 29 games. Now, if this was a player with 29 points in 29 games, that wouldn't be a bad pace. However... Stephen A. Smith. However, it is the whole team. And they, the name's bad. It's bad. It's bad. So they're 11, 11, and 7. They have more points than Edmonton, Arizona, Colorado, Buffalo, Detroit, Florida, and Ottawa, which is a much longer list than it was this time last week. Uh, three wins will do that. Yeah, but they still only have more wins than Ottawa, Buffalo, and Arizona. How do we feel, folks? Great. I don't, <laughs> this, is, this is good. Yeah, this is, I don't love it. Fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's happy about this. I, I will I will make the point, though, that, like, while it definitely is, like, we, we can get angry about, like, well, they haven't won that many games. But in the end, as, you know, as crappy as it is, like, like two overtime losses kind of count as a win, like, it's, at least in terms of raw points. So in the end, like... If they're get, they they did get some points out of games that maybe they should have lost, and even though their actual real win loss record is bad, they're still sort of in the race. So like, yeah, I'd obviously prefer to have them actually winning games, but like the fact that they picked up a ton of points in losing efforts does keep them sort of alive. And I don't think they can just I don't think we can just like act like those losses are just losses because they're they're better than that. They are yeah, that losing streak was kind of. Game losing streak, but they did lose a lot of close ones in that one. And there were, I don't know, like they, I don't think they're going to do anything in the playoffs. I think they could still make the playoffs, but it's going to take a lot to get there. I just, I don't. I think it's just because they're too far behind at this point, and I don't trust that they are good enough or that they will, that the players will be used in a way that maximizes their ability to rattle off like eight wins in 10 games. And also I think at this point it would also depend a lot on other teams faltering a lot. And And I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, well, the devils. Well, never mind. I mean, the devils are doing well. They're still doing well. They've lost their last two. I think they've got, I mean, a few players coming out of nowhere. Did anybody? Did anybody predict Jesper Bratt being good? Nope. No. Like everybody, not even. Everybody saw Brian Gibbons coming in real hot. Yeah. <laughs> like not even the Devils predicted that these people would be good. Yeah. So, um, you need to talk. Closer? Yeah, directly okay. into right. the mic. Um, <laughs> I, I'm still not feeling great about this team, and I'm still immediately ready to fire the coach. Like immediately ready (laughs) that's shocking like i i I know i know (laughs) but as charlie and kelly mentioned the team is winning so let's talk about some reasons why they're winning so first our third star of the week across the nhl brian elliott badass motherfucker brian elliott that guy um, my man you want to talk about him kelly you you typed all of the things i typed a lot of these words yeah um yeah so he got his 200th career win against the canucks pretty neat which is pretty neat yeah it's a lot of wins for a guy who's kind of had a journeyman nhl career um but you got to stick around for a while to get to 200 wins so that's something um despite the team being absolute garbage in november he's had a 920 save percentage which is pretty darn respectable Despite all of the losses, um, stopped 43 of 45 shots in Calgary. Like Steph said, third star of the week. Um, and he's got it, getting a lot of credit from his teammates. Um, there was an article on flyers.com um, over the last couple of days 
uh, where Jake was quoted as saying, I think when you look on paper, the 10-game losing streak tells a different story, but he gave us a chance to win those games, and that's all you can ask for from a goalie. And this is actually something that we've said like a million times on this show, that you don't need Carey Price-level goaltending to be successful in this league. You just need a goalie that keeps you in the game. And Brian Elliott has done that and then some, and his team has not given him the support that he deserves. So it's nice to see over the last three games that they're actually playing better in front of him. He definitely seems more, like, less erratic in net than he did at the start of the year. Like, he's always going to do those, like, dive-for-fumble type covering of the puck, but, like, he it just seems less chaotic than it was at the start of the year, and maybe that's just a matter of, you know, he's learning the players in front of them. He's, you know, figuring out who he can, you know, look around because he knows that he's going to block a shot versus like having to fight his way through it. Maybe it's just a matter of comfort and Elliot's been great. Like I think he is, his save percentage of the season now is like nine twelve, which Grant isn't amazing, but it's better than what Mason did last year. And it's trending up. And I agree. It's nice that he's getting some, uh, you know, he's getting some rewards because he did not play poorly during that, uh, during that losing year, maybe a couple games, he gave up some, some mega goals, but you know, he's, He's earned, and I know Neuvert's hurt now, but like he's clearly earned the number one job. Oh, God. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was odd over that 10-game streak. A lot of the national media, both here and in Canada, were talking a lot about the Flyers' subpar goaltending, yeah. which yeah. was absurd because it was like the one bright spot over those 10 games. Well, you know what it is? And this is something you—the you, <clears throat> more you listen to national people, the more you realize this is actually the truth. Like, they don't actually watch— most teams so all of their now aside from like a few good ones like a few good analysts actually do right. the research but the, for the most part they don't so they when they see a team struggling they just fall back on what they thought was that team's weakness going yep. into the year and all these analysts were like well philadelphia goaltending brian elliott's not all that good they're losing 10 straight games brian elliott must be playing like crap and if you actually watch the games and you actually dove into the numbers you know that's really not the case but for them it's just it's a narrative they already had in their heads and rather than actually doing the legwork, they just fall back on the narrative they already had in their heads. I mean, it's the narrative in general. It's not even necessarily for this season. No. Just the for narrative like the in general is Philadelphia and the yeah. goaltenders. Well, I was thinking back to the beginning of the, the losing streak, too. It was a one nothing loss to the Wild. It was essentially another one lo- nothing loss to the Wild. Yeah, it was an empty netter, right? Yeah. And then they were up 2 nothing going into the third against the Jets. And there, I felt like there were just a bunch of those games during that losing streak. And he's got, uh, I think I put it, yeah, he had a 919 save percentage since the first game of that losing streak, which is more than fine. That's not the reason why you're losing yeah. games. No, overall, that that so. should be good enough. It's yeah. not high end, like it's not elite, but no. it's it's above average. Right. Yeah. So. So then we've got the other goaltender, which it, it, this is a little bit further down in our outline, but I'm just going to bring it up now. So there have been some rumors swirling around about Michael Neuvert. And yeah. the only reason why I think any of us are are giving any type of attention to these rumors is because earlier this month, Sean Simpson from TSN tweeted, watch for Leonard to flyers out of nowhere. Is it Laner or Leonard? I don't know. I always said Laner, but I, I, could, be t- I could be totally wrong. Well, you know that I pronounce names like shit. I, just, so. I thought I was wrong. <laughs> I was just curious. Laner? Laner. Yeah, I don't. He's someone who I never cared enough about to learn. <laughs> to <how> learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's no one's Buffalo, watching so Sabres yeah. games, so yeah. we don't actually ever hear his name said out loud. <laughs> it's because fuck you, Jack Eichel. <laughs> so then this weekend, some guy, and, and that's really Quote what source, he yeah. is, like yeah. just some guy. Uh, tweeted, just had a nice talk with a source saying the Flyers are done and fed up with Neuvert's injury history. Hearing when he comes off IR, he will be on the move. I've decided this guy's source is like his cat. I mean, I I think it might be uh, probably. Yeah. I I was going to say something a little bit more nasty, but let's not do that. Or like, because I I legitimately don't know who he is. No, no one knows who he is. And it's like his friend. Anthony on also on Twitter was like, wouldn't it be funny if Laner got traded to the Flyers? And he was like, my sources say it would be very funny. 
if Laner got <laughs> traded to the Flyers. What if he's running both accounts? Like he's just. Could he's got like it? his Twitter handle is like PSN and then his name, so it like looks relatively official, but no one knows what PSN is or who this human being is. But it got a lot of traction on Twitter.com this week yeah, because it, we it were did. bored. Yeah, well, yeah. people just want to talk about something. Yeah. And like, I'm not gonna say that like this guy's source is definitely bullshit. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't know. What to me is just weird about it is the idea that. So you sign Neuvert. Knowing. After the deadline. Yeah. Like, everyone knows this guy gets injured all the time. Every year of his career. And then two months into the contract, you're like, oh, man, that guy that always gets injured. Why does he keep getting injured? (laughs) Like, like, the Flyers, we we can criticize them all we want, but, like, they're not idiots. Like They came came into this knowing that Michael Neuvert gets hurt all the time. That's why he's Michael Neuvert. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, you can't get it. It's like like the whole, like, you don't get mad like your dog takes a shit. Like, it's just just what he does. I mean, the problem is, like, if someone from TSN tweets like, oh, the Flyers are going to trade Andrew McDonald for William Nylander and Austin Matthews, we'd be like, oh, shit, that's happening. Just because a guy from TSN said it and he's Canadian and knows stuff. So I yeah. do think there's <laughs> there's something to this. And my reason, I, there's, I have two reasons why I think there's something going on here with Neuvert. So... There was that Sean Simpson guy who's with TSN. I think it was like with TSN Radio. But that actually wasn't the first mention of Neuver. Like two days before that, Frank Saravalli in an article on TSN.ca basically wrote an article giving the five possible options at goal that Edmonton might trade for because Talbot got hurt. And Neuver was number three. Mm. So like, Oof. like. There's something going on here where people that are connected and in the know think that, like, there's a chance that Neuvert could get traded. Now, I don't believe that they're trading him because they're angry he gets hurt all the time. Uh. That doesn't make sense to me. But I I do think that there's a decent chance that they're at least listening. I mean, I I guess, like you said earlier, I guess if it's clear to everyone that Elliot has won the number one overall job, maybe they're like, eh, goalie tandems actually are stupid. We don't need to do this anymore because this guy's been playing well enough. We've got some kids in the minors that could come up and back up competently enough. Why don't we see if we can get something from Michael Neuvert? Which I, I guess makes sense. I think yes. I think that's exactly it. Plus the contract. I mean, that's yeah. a big contract for a backup goalie that pay, plays maybe 15 games a season. Yeah. Well, but, I was going to say about the contract too. Uh, Laner, Laner is a free, say it however yeah, you want. RFA after this year. But he's only got one year on the deal. So theoretically, yeah. they could. I mean, yeah, he's an RFA, so I guess you, you're probably going to at least qualify him. But you don't. Or or you could trade him for you, picks. True. True. Yeah. And then there's a spot open, and if. If Kurt's listening with Carter Hart. Could come well, no, no, that, that's, that's <laughs> the exciting part about this. That's or the part, that's line, the part yeah. two. And I don't, I don't know where I even saw it. Maybe it was just us talking amongst ourselves <laughs> no, that Carter Hart could be starting in next year, two years. Probably. I mean, he's, I, I think we may have just been talking. I, I think we were ourselves. just talking on Slack, but we were saying like 2019, <laughs> 20 is maybe like the target, but like, I don't think this is actually the case because Ron Hexel is super patient about everything. And yeah. I imagine he's going to be super patient with the position he actually played mm. to. But I mean, look at Carter Hart. It, it, it is kind of, kind of interesting that like Neubert has one more year left on his deal. So does Elliot. You've got Carter Hart who has literally been unreal in the, in the WHL. And you almost wonder like, are they thinking about moving Neubert because they think Carter Hart could be the backup next year? Like, I, I, I want to believe that's the case because that's fun, but I, I don't know. But, like, you know, it, it's not that hard to connect the dots there because Carter has literally been that good. It's fun, yeah. but it terrifies me. Like, I'm so terrified to allow myself to believe that Carter Hart <laughs> is real. <laughs> like, I'm afraid he's as soon as I believe boy. it, as soon as I believe it, he's going to, like, disappear in, like, cloud of smoke. He's not going to exist anymore. He's going to get mono again and things will be bad. Carter yeah. Hart, stop kissing girls. <laughs> Wait, did yeah. Carter Hart get mono, or is that was Cooper? No. Cooper Marodi? No, Carter Hart got mono. Oh. Cooper Marodi was the one who failed his tests and missed half a year. Oh, muffin. <laughs> got to study. Oh yeah, but oh yeah, I think but it was because he had mono. But then it, then like he probably could have boys. Well, he probably could have done it. Like, stop making stop kissing out. girls. Yeah, but <laughs> to go, stop doing to, it. To talk about Carter Hart, because it's <laughs> actually later in our outline. No, just let's to, just, just to, jump to him now. Just to go over his numbers because they're pretty incredible. Yeah. So in 17 games this year. He's thirteen and three with a nine with a point nine six one save percentage. So ninety six percent of the shots he's faced, he's stopped. He's been WHL goalie of the week for four straight weeks, 
And just like granted, he's played less games than other goalies, but the next best save percentage in the league is 931. He's at 961. Like he's literally three percentage points better than the second best goalie in the league. 961. I just like uh, it, Cole Keller has a second best save percentage and the second best GAA. I wonder if every game is just like, dude, fucking Carter. Hart. Like, what's his guy He's just like, everyone keeps talking about Carter. Could you sit him for one game? Yeah. Didn't they have they had Carter Hart start in in the Teddy Bear Toss game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was the other team. The other yeah. They're just like, no one's gonna be able to throw any Teddy Bears because he's got so many shutouts like in a row this season. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about these prospects. I'm scrolling. Um, right. So Carter Hart, obviously. Is killing it. Fucking killing it. With, with him, though, and this is the only thing that, I, I wouldn't say it scares me because like I don't really give a shit, but for him, this the, it's, it's going to be pivotal in terms of how the league and how scouts and how hockey people view him is, is how he does in the World Juniors. Because mm-hmm. that was something that sort of like pushed him down last year. It was like, well, he was just okay in the World Juniors. And he's obviously been unreal in the WHL this year, even better than he was last year. But like, if he goes out in the World Juniors and is just okay again, you're going to hear people talk about, oh, it's just the system and he's not that good against the league competition. On the other hand, if he goes out there and dominates the World Juniors, in addition to the numbers he's put up with the WHL, like you're going to hear like next Carey Price type things. Well, His see, face I, is going to be on a stamp in Canada by the end of this tournament. I, I can just promise you that. Don't just, care oh. about what... I, number one, I don't care... <clears throat> Uh, really about world juniors with prospects that have already been drafted and are already in the system. And number two, I don't care what people have to say about my prospects (laughs) that are already drafted and already in the system. Like I don't, Care. Also, last year he was on the losing side in the shootout in the gold medal game, right? No, like it's by the a, by the end of the tournament he was back playing good again, but he lost oh yeah, he struck, lost yeah. the job in the beginning mm-hmm. and then got it back at the end. Oh, and then when he lost the game, he almost cried on camera and then he soft and we can't have a soft goaltender. Like get like get fucked, people. Like this <laughs> yes. is this is ridiculous. Leave these kids alone, number one. And and it's it's a tournament with Guys that don't regularly play together. Like they're young and still trying to figure out their own game yeah. and their own systems, let alone a brand new one with brand new guys that they don't necessarily have chemistry with. So I I, 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 I can't please go ahead. <laughs> Enjoy the system argument because I was looking at his game by games and I think he he faces like thirty five shots most nights. I'm just wondering like what Yeah, I think the argument Are they quality shots yeah, though, Craig? The, the <laughs> argument mean, I've heard from I some guess. people is that like that his team uh, Everett does a really good job of keeping, uh, of keeping everything the outside. Like I think um, yeah. I want to say that Leland Irving played for them as well, oh. and like he obviously busted. So yeah. it's like, oh well, this is just another like another Everett goalie. <laughs> He's back just in our system. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's just another Leland Everett Irving. goalie who's look who looks better than he actually is because of the defensive system. Like, yeah. I don't think that's the case, but you do hear those sort of things yeah. and. I mean, I'm super high on Carter Hart, and I, I root for, I'm rooting for him to do really well in this World Junior because yeah. I want everyone else to be as high on him as yeah, we are. Just kind of shut up a little. Exactly. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Can we uh, the other two stats? Do uh, it. Okay. Well, so this is this is allowed, your segment. Roll he's allowed with it. one goal or less in ten of the seventeen appearances, and he's posted a nine fifty save percentage in twelve of the seventeen appearances Jesus. too. So. There's, Is that good? There's nothing else he can do in seems the good. WHL. Yeah. Yeah. Seems I think really ne- good. I think next year he has like. I, I could see how he could make it to the NHL somehow. Yeah, no, I mean he's he going. Start out he's the going NHL. pro. Yeah, it's just the one thing about him too is that like he's super young for his draft year. Yeah, which in a lot of ways makes him an even better prospect because like he's still he still has more time to develop and he's dominating even though he's young for his draft year. Like I think he's he was his birthday's in like July. So maybe like two months before, like basically he's like one of the younger members of that class. And the fact that he's already this good, that's even better. Yeah. Do you think Hextall's going to do some dumb, he needs some AHL seasoning shit with oh, this yeah. one? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. Who has he not done that? I mean, he does I mean, it maybe not. Ivan Provorov is the only one that he hasn't no, done it with. Yeah. Connect yeah. me. Well, those two. Well, well and Patrick. But, yeah. the, the ones that he couldn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the ones that the coach is giving seasoning on the bench. Yeah. Fair point. Craig, I'm just going to give this over to you. Walk through it. Okay. Uh, so Wade Allison 
is has 25 points in 19 games. He's tied for third in the NCAA, and he's one of three players with 14 goals or more, and he's 13th in the NCAA with 1.32 points per game. So I want to jump in with Wade yeah, Allison because— He's a ginger. He, well, he is First a ginger. All, yeah. We have a lot Important. of gingers on this team already, but yeah. more the merrier. All the gingers. <laughs> um, We're like the Montreal Canadiens of gingers. The, the one thing I want Wait. to note about Allison and about the team he plays for and the conference he's in. So— his numbers, like, you look at his numbers, like, 25 points in 19 games, like, that's good. It, it, no one's going to say that's bad. But I think a lot of people, they look at those numbers and they compare them to, like, Morgan Frost numbers because junior players tend to score more when they're elite forwards than, than you do in college. The conference that Wade Allison's in is, in is really, really difficult to score goals in. To the point where, if you look at like the NHL equivalency chart, which is basically it's it, it's an analysis that this guy Rob Volman does every year that tries to project how much of your point production in one league will carry over to the NHL. You need to send me that, by the way. I've been meaning to ask you for that, so I'll talk Folks, to you. there you about go. That, yeah, um, baseball, but, but what's <laughs> what's fascinating about the NHL equivalency chart for his conference, which is the NCHC conference. Um, that league has the same translation like number as the Swiss League and the fin the Finnish League, like the pro leagues. Huh. And like Austin Matthews played in the Swiss League. He sure did like, before he came over, and obviously then he scored sixty points. Like I'm in no way, shape, or form saying that Wade Allison is as good as Austin Matthews. What I'm saying is that like the fact that he scored easily over a point per game pace in this league, like that's about as difficult to do as scoring at a little above a point per game pace in Switzerland or in Finland. And yeah. I think that, like, as good as Morgan Frost is doing this year, Wade Allison has a better translation factor from his conference versus Morgan Frost in the OHL because it's so much harder to score in that league. And Wade Allison is having zero trouble scoring in that league. Yeah. When is he? So he's a sophomore now. I'm not. Is there a cutoff? Like, can you do you have to play through your junior year? No, no. The okay. Flyers could sign him at the end of the year if they want. I, I wonder. They just have to convince him to leave college. Yeah. I, I think mm. he kind of is a, well, I mean, he's a power forward, so it could be somebody's replacement. <laughs> You're talking weekend. Wayne Simmons, aren't you? Yeah. He's, uh -oh. not, he's not really that not, kind no, of yeah, player, not, though. Like, I, the guy who I, I honestly, and this is purely by watching a couple of his games and also uh, watching him in, like, dev camps and whatnot, like, the guy who he kind of reminds me of is Hartnell. Because he's sort of like he has a weird he has a weird skating stride. He doesn't fall as much as Hartnell, but he kind of has this like he you don't know how he gets from point A to point B as quickly as he does, but he does, <laughs> and he shoots a lot, and he's a big guy who likes to throw his weight around. Yeah. Like he just he reminds me he reminds me more of Hartnell than he does Simmons. It's weird. I feel like Hextall drafts guys that just have like goofy strides. Like the same thing was said about Morgan Frost, where where Prominent was saying, yeah, where he was yeah, like, yeah. I didn't think he was that fast. And then, and then Rupsoff, I feel like it's the same way where he doesn't really, it's kind of more methodical with the way he moves down the ice, but I really wouldn't call him slow. Like, I think if he was in a puck race, I think, I yeah, I think he'd win it. I mean, Frost yeah. is fast. He just, right. he's one of those guys that slows the game yeah, down. Yeah, it's just kind of weird that like plays. all of them are kind of like quietly fast. Allison's weird though, because like, so Frost's technique and Rupsoff's technique, it's great. Like, you yeah. watch them and you can tell these guys know how to skate. Wade Allison it looks clumsy. Like he's skating, like he doesn't look technically sound right. to the point where, like, I, when I was at Dev Camp this past summer, I was talking to like a semi scout type of person. He was like, "Wade Allison needs to work on his skating so much." And then I'd watch him in like puck battles, and you know, he would get from behind the net to the corner and win a puck race. And it's like, okay, well, it doesn't look great, but it seems to work for him. So I'm yeah. not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna go too crazy because he's not slow. He's just, he just doesn't look. Like it, it, it's not a, it's not a pretty stride to watch, but it works. So I, I'm not complaining by any means when it comes to Wade Allison. And it'll be interesting to see if they try to sign him at the end of this year because he the the production he's putting up leads you to believe that he's ready for another like a, the next step. Yeah. And that would probably be the Phantoms for next year. Yeah, yeah, because he kind of like Hart doesn't really have too much else to prove. Like, do you think? I, I mean, mean I, I, get, I guess, level. like, I mean, already... a third year maybe wouldn't hurt him, yeah, but, but I just don't know why he would need right. it. To get maybe, his college I was degree. Say, maybe he wants to get a college degree, boys. Nah, you ever think he, about that? Something to fall that. back on. Nah, it's he's going to be Sorry, working Kelly. in the chill in about two years. He's good. He's got it. <laughs> I don't know what you just said. NHL? 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Is that I sure I made it the, chill though. Are you the youth? Which is, uh, yeah. is that what the youth say? We don't. We don't he'll, get, he'll get tons of time to relax once he gets to the NHL and spends twenty games in the press box. Yeah, I was gonna say he's gonna Ew. get five minutes a night on the fourth line with Connecticut and Patrick. He'll be fine. Well, Cooper Marody <laughs> is uh, that? Is that the dude that does not like going to school? Yeah, he's the one. He does not play out with school. All the girls, apparently, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's got four goals and twenty assists uh, in nice. sixteen games. He's second mm. in the NCAA with twenty assists. And he's fourth in the NCAA with 1.5 points per game. Seems pretty good. So yeah, the, uh, Allison Marody and then Tanner Lazinski are. I I don't think they're getting a, enough recognition for how many points they're putting up because I kind of value players in the NCAA more than I guess junior leagues. Just because it's really yeah. interesting. That is interesting. It's tougher to put up points. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, that's yeah, absolutely so. true. Huh. And these guys are all. I don't know. Um, I think Marody's still in the top ten too, but Tanner Lazinski is. Eighth with 23 points in the NCAA, and Allison was third. So um, it's kind of nice that, I mean, they have prospects on the way. We've been saying this for years. So yeah, they but they're, they're on the way. way. Yeah, well, so. I've, got, I've got a lot of feelings here. about 2021, that. 2022, mm. it'll be pretty dope. But, uh, <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> so we've heard. Yeah. For the uh, Phantoms, probably. Tied for eighth with uh, 15 assists. Uh, he's 18th with 1.28 points per game, and he has 71 shots on goal, which is good for ninth in the NCAA. So. Yeah, I... I I mean, I like Marody, but I'm higher on Lazinski than Marody. I just, yeah. I, I like, I've liked what I've seen more of Lazinski's skill set. I think it translates better to the the higher level. Marody and Lazinski, by the way, six round picks. So yeah, that's why you know Hex always talks about the lottery tickets. That's why I just got to get big swings. I mean, so. as, as much as we've criticized Hex all over the past few weeks, like no one's re- no one's criticizing his drafting. No, ability. that's like, yeah. no, that's no, something that's that that's really the down. only reason why I. T- like <laughs> I, it's, I feel like it's moving towards everybody's gonna be like, well, Hexall's gonna get out of there, and I'm like, well, can we just let's like a couple more years, just let let them keep doing this and getting picks. So yeah, but then they never play, so yeah. that's a whole other. Oh no, thing. no, you can fire when you fire Hexall. That's fine, and then so whoever comes <laughs> in will play them. That'll be fine, but like let them get all Perfect. the assets first. Well, yeah, so well. I have feelings. You know, I, I've realized as as we're talking about this, as we're talking about the NCAA, that I don't really value college players as much as I do juniors players. And I was trying to figure out as you were talking what that is. And I, I've, I've pinpointed it. <laughs> it's Mike Vecchioni. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all Mike Vecchioni. <laughs> well, it's, it's, not, it's not just him. It's, it's all of the players like him. The, the, undrafted, the undrafted college yeah. free agents. Like yeah. the, the Caligula and all and Caligula's all of the other crushing ones, it up there in Edmonton. Um, that I, yeah, I just don't understand the the undrafted college free agent sweepstakes that happens every year when everyone is is just dying to get their hands on these guys. That's why I, I'm just like oh the college players, but these are already drafted, so I need to stop being crazy. <laughs> is is what I determined in the past five minutes. And I thought you thought that all the way through. I did. I got, yeah. I got from A to Z <laughs> while everybody else was talking. But I, think that's, I think in a lot of that's one of the benefits though of of going to college and playing college hockey is that you know if you succeed if you succeed in juniors like that's great and you you kill it in juniors you score a ton of points like there's tons and tons of high skill players there but. If you succeed in college, like you are succeeding against some guys that are in their mid twenties, like, and you have that leg up over juniors guys who have never faced off against grown men, and you know maybe not every single guy on the opposing team is a Mike Vecchioni, but there's a few. Like most teams have at least a few, and it gives you maybe a little bit of a leg up in terms of physically how you can how quickly you can adapt from the college game to the pro game if you're young like if you're 18 19 years old and you've already faced off against older guys and already put up numbers against older guys right and and you yourself are older by the time that you're you're ready to start playing in the nhl i i do like the ncaa picks too because you have the rights for longer Oh, because Samuel Doug McFalls is already gone. He was taken in 2015. Oh my God, was, I forgot that kid existed. Yeah, because yeah, you have so. you that was the only one that we didn't to sign. Yeah, yeah qualify, the right? regime, I think. And yeah, and just for like last year. too. Yeah, but that was different. That was, that was different. Yeah, the whole thing. So, yeah. um, let's talk about German Rupsoff. Uh, the germ. The no, germ. No, absolutely <laughs> not. I'm your both. No, the no. germ. The Taylor germ. cut their mics. The germ. The rub? No. no. Okay. We call him your fire. better or worse than the. Germ? I, would, I, would, I would say it's better, but how dare the, you? The rub? No, I call him Ruby. 
Ruby. Jared. Oh, that's okay. they're both well, bad. Yeah, well, <laughs> hello. I'm not arguing that. One, I'm mine's better. one is a dentist's office cartoon character that's in a fucking the Acadie Bathurst no Titan are the on germ. board with the germ, <laughs> and that's all that matters. Who? Elvert Silvertips was His on team. with uh, the, the number Acadie one Bathurst hockey boy. Titan. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they're they totally on board with yeah. number one hockey boy with Carter Hart. They yeah. are. Yeah. Um, it's important that our brand is spread through <laughs> these kinds of terrible, terrible internet memes. I, I can't stand the germ. Like, I cannot. I don't know if there's anything else Flyers related, including Dave Haxtall, that gets me as worked up as the nickname The Germ. Hi, Kurt. I don't think that there is. I don't the think germ. there is. It's the best nickname that's ever been. No. Oh, man. Anywho. Yeah. Craig, tell me all about him. All right, so the Rub has seven goals and 17 assists for oh 24 God, points in 23 games this year. He had 11 points with the Chikudami Sanguinines before he got you traded. You definitely got Chikudami right. Chikudami, right. Yes. Sanguinines, I believe, is also right. Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Good job, right, buddy. I mean, yeah. It's, um, is that, like, I, French for, I, I like, bleed out? Like, what the fuck? It's, like, it's something to do with blood, yeah. Yeah. Right. Is it yeah, really? Sang- well, sang- Sangu- sanguine. Sanguine is, is blood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Well, thank God I got out of there. Those French Canadians so, don't fuck around. The Q, the Q <laughs> just to interrupt, the Q has the best freaking names for They yeah, are like, insane. Like, the Armada, the Armada yeah. is so good. <laughs> yeah. Such a good name for a hockey team. Like all the town names are crazy. All the team yeah. names are crazy. The it's a party best. up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, What was it? The Drummondville. I swear to Vol- God, if Vol- you don't talk into this microphone. Drummondville. I do like the late night. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, so he got traded to the Acadie Ak- Ak- Bathurst Titan. The Titan. Like, the Titan's a cool yeah. name, too. They're all cool. <laughs> just one Titan. They're just all just one, just one They only need like transformer, one. <laughs> yeah. um, they have German roots off. That's why. <laughs> they got the German. Four He's goals and nine infectious. assists and ah. for 13 points in 12 games. I So I reached out when I wrote the piece on them uh, last week. Reached out to a, uh, a Q scout, Jerome Berube. And he kind of called me by surprise with this one quote. I kind of asked him what he thought his weakness would be for him not to make the NHL. And he said, quote, I would say his desire was lacking in my viewings this year. He didn't work hard, and he was a bit lazy on the ice. His tool set is good, the skating, strength, shot, and vision. But with that skill set and playing in the queue at 19, I would expect him to be more dominant than what he has been this year. Who which, asked you, Craig? Which, well. <laughs> Ruby. No. <Yeah. laughs> not you, Craig. The other Craig. The other Craig. Anywho, yeah, okay, the Jerome yeah. type. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I kind of get the point total argument because he yeah. is in his he's in his draft plus two a year and he's barely over a point per game in the QMJHL, which is supposed to be yeah, it's where they, you score goals, you right? Yeah, yeah. Like you you're in the lineup and they give you a point or two, so it's not it's not too encouraging. I was definitely hoping for more. Yeah, and I mean, um, Alex uh, Apple, Apple Yard, yeah, yeah, he wrote a piece for the Athletic and he seemed a lot higher on him than. But, so I mean, I've got I've got a defense of Ruby because he's gone through a lot. I will he's say, gone through a lot. Like a this lot. is his third yeah. team in, in a calendar year. Yeah, and he had to move from Russia to over here, and he had a, a shit ton of injuries last year and all that. So that's all. Yeah. If he doesn't do anything for the remainder of this year, though, I, right? But like I mean, he's if, finally if, in a situation, and that line he's on with um Antoine Morand and uh, Jordan Marr, they they've been clicking pretty well, at least decent over the last. However long they've been. I mean, if if we count the World Junior team, this is his fourth team in a calendar year. That's a lot. That's a lot, especially for a young kid who is making the big transition from Russia to North America. Like that's not a small deal. And then they keep bouncing him around, which I don't understand how they do trades in in the CHL. Like I just don't understand how that works. other than like it's a trade, and yeah, it's just whatever. Yeah. But I don't understand why people move around so much. Oh. But um, he's the he's like the one that's left out of our first round draft picks over the past five years. He's the one that's not playing in the NHL. The rest of them are. Yeah, mm. yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, well, except for Frost. Oh, he was first yeah. round this yeah. year. Yeah. All right, well, and also like Patrick was a certain case right I'm, right but we've got everyone yeah, else overall sandheim and connect yeah yeah and um i mean before even before that i mean scott lawton was the one and that Samaran was like up, yeah and yeah samaran was up for a little while um he, he's the one that's being left out and, and that worries me a little bit more more it worries me about what the hell he's up to slash what Ron Hextall is up to 
with this patience and, and letting them mature and whatever. Then again, he's 19. Yeah, Nolan, I mean, Nolan Patrick is also 19. Yeah. So most, most and Ivan Provorov. Yeah, like most late first round picks, if they're, they're drafted out of juniors or end up in juniors, like they usually stay in juniors until their age 20 season, which is when they go pro. And then it's like, okay, do they go to the NHL? Do they go to the AHL? But like, I want to see more from Ripsoff. I do still really like the skill set. So I don't want to act like he's like definitely a boss like he's oh, squeeze yeah. scoring and he's looking good doing it it just kind of comes down to whether he can put it all together into yeah. into a package yeah. that can be and like i with ripsoff like i'm not expecting him to be a top liner like that like mm-hmm. I, I sort of always had him pegged as like he could be a good middle six forward yeah like a second liner maybe which is a third where we liner. need him. i was gonna say yeah. that's exactly what that's, we need is some we, good yeah. middle six forwards. if i can go back real quick to talk about me dunking on him earlier, I think he can be good too. <laughs> I was just going off the Brewery quote because when you watch when you watch his highlights and everything, you can see the reasons why Hextall picked him and yeah. talked about him. It, I mean, he it's all really there. really impressed me in rookie camp. So and, really impressed yeah. me, and I think he definitely could be that middle six guy. So, um, but yeah, I liked him. I like him. I hate his nickname. Yeah. And, well, it, and and like Rupsoff, under normal circumstances, this would make me not want to yeah. root for him. So in the 2016 draft, Rupsoff, it, I'm a little concerned about. But then Pascal LeBurge, too. I yeah. Really, well, his but, poor I mean, he's had a lot. Of, yeah. He's had a lot. I, yeah. I mean, too. with LeBurge and like I'm basically off the LeBurge train entirely. Yeah. But like. Sometimes it, sometimes it happens. Like not, you're not going to hit on every single right. one of your draft picks. And this probably wasn't even a like a, a skill set misevaluation. No, it this, wasn't. This, this was a guy takes a vicious illegal hit and is never the same afterwards. Yeah. And you can't project that. It happens no. unfortunately well, because that, it's a violent game. That and his whole family life situation. Yeah, yes. yeah. And also, I mean, yeah. And he was taken. He fell. He was projected to be a first rounder. He was, I think. Yeah, he was like and he was taken late first, early second type yeah. of guy. So What's his family situation? His like, there's cancer. His and father. Death. And oh no, mom passed away in like oh, the same God. month, but not like yeah. they were like different situations. I think. Well, that the poor kid. There was a yeah. whole athletic. It was a whole thing. It happened like two months after he got drafted. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah. Um. I don't know. So, anywho, speaking of the babies. Nolan Patrick will not be going to World Juniors. <clears throat> and this, this is something that we talked about last week. Did we? I don't. I think we planned to talk about it, and then we didn't actually get to it. I thought we did talk about did it. Okay. I know we've talked about it a lot in Slack. I thought we did talk about it, but I could be mistaken. Did we? Kelly, do you know? I wasn't here, babes. <laughs> I have no idea Scott what Yato. did or did not happen last week. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to talk about it now. Nolan Patrick is not going to World Juniors. So Ron Hextall came out and said <clears throat> that they're not going to allow him to be part of World Juniors Canada. So the quote is, "You're seeing a 19-year-old player who needs to become a pro. He's a kid. He's played some good hockey for us." He's also played some hockey that is not up to the level that he's established, even at his age. The consistency part is something he has to get better at. Hmm. I wonder if having consistent minutes and consistent line mates might help him find some consistency here in the NHL. You know, I think think Hmm. that that might be part of it. Maybe. I think that that's them. I mean, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, if you're looking for a player to be consistent, maybe you give them some consistent consistency this feels like the appropriate time to say i would like to see patrick between raffle and voracek in the lineup oh i wouldn't hate that because i feel that like that fun. second line's been doing pretty well i feel like it's been a lot of raffle and voracek though well yeah well, well, yeah i think there's an argument i wouldn't see my thing is i don't know if i want i don't know if patrick deserves to be Ooh. with voracek yet and Ooh, i'm afraid sh- that Patrick will drag down Voracek with how Patrick is playing recently. But I do like the idea of putting him with Raffle. I just, I don't know if I want, because like, if you're in a line with Jake Voracek, your line has to score. And it not only has to score, it has to drive play. And Patrick has not shown yet that he can drive play. So I don't know if I want to put him with Voracek and have him face off against top lines who are trying to shut down Jake Voracek, because I just don't know if he's ready for it. But I like the idea of putting him with Raffle. That is the thing. The the potential is there with Patrick. You can see with the vision and passing and everything, but his play driving abilities right now are well. The, the results have been bad, and like yeah. part of that probably is his line mates. But right, like right. I'd almost mm. I'd almost rather like truthfully my ideal scenario for Patrick right now 
and they, they'll never do it because one of the guys they just given up for dead. But I put him in. A, I put him on a line with Raffle and Reed, and I just say, oh, Matt Reed. I basically just say like, like work on your two way game. If you score, that's great. But like, I'm gonna put you with two guys who drive play, and let's see if when you're away from Dale Weiss, you can build that part yeah. of your game. And then when you spend more time in the offensive zone, hopefully the goals come. There, there is an argument to be made that they should call up Reed in case you do want to showcase him. And somebody does somehow. I mean, to me, there's contract. an argument to be made that they should call up Matt Reed because he's better than Dale Weiss and Yuri yes. Matera. Yes. No, pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty good argument, too, I guess. Yeah, so fair, here's the fair, thing. Fair point. So you know how we have this like really cool number one center right now who scores lots of goals and is awesome and fun and great? Yep. And you know how he so cool. wasn't awesome and fun and great for a really long time because he was shackled with shitty line mates for his entire career and everyone was like, meh, he's not that great? Yep. Are we going to do that with Nolan Patrick? Yep. Are we just going to shackle him with a bunch of shit until we decide that, oh, wait, we'll give him some good line mates and now he'll be good? Yep. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> well, you don't seem like it. No, well, I don't like it. Well, this is a Ron Hextall thing because yeah, so he why thinks... don't we try to, instead of waiting for him to make the shit around him good and then reward him with better line mates because he's made the shit players good, why don't we just give him good line mates and see what happens? Is that crazy? Charles, um, is that crazy? <laughs> Maybe we just give him good line mates. I, I mean, I so, so the thing there is <laughs> who? So I, I skipped over I like, the whole... I like Craig's idea. I skipped over the whole section yeah. of, of the new lines, but there yeah. are new lines. So let's, let's talk about them now and where you could ideally put I, Nolan Patrick. I mean, so, so Wayne Simmons is with Giroux and Sean Couturier. That's fine. I mean, Simmons is, is scoring again, kind of. It's on the power play, but he's scoring and again, empty kind nets. of. And <laughs> yeah. empty nets. My bad. Lots my of, bad. Lots of empty nets. Sorry. Empty nets. <laughs> um, so Jake Voracek is now with Michael Roffel and Valtteri Filppula, and that line is now producing. Michael Roffel's on fire. Yeah. Yes, but... Phil Pula can get fucked in my opinion. <laughs> I don't need I don't need Valtteri Phil Pula to be successful. Like I don't need him. He's gonna be gone. Well, what, but yeah. is the line successful without Valtteri Phil Pula? I mean, I could I, be. I, I love Michael Raffle. It's a lot of Voracek and Raffle. Right. That's what I, I don't know. That's and and Raffle like. and Voracek already have years of chemistry and years of yeah. playing yeah. together True. because they've been on the top line together for most of their careers in yeah. Philadelphia. So they already know each other well, and they both drive play. Vorchek uh, does it. I'm, no, I'm asking no, the question for, for, because Vorchek I don't. Vorchek absolutely. L- last player. year he didn't, but every other year of his career he is. And, and Michael Raffle. Michael Raffle is an awesome player. Is a beast. <laughs> Michael Raffle is a beast, and he is on fire. Um, so that is a possibility. Maybe could Nolan Patrick keep up with them because they're both fast skaters, and Nolan Patrick is not. No. But I, I don't know. I always just feel like if you want these kids to get up to speed, you got to let them get up to speed. But physically, he, I don't think he's capable. Well, Might be. if you're worried about speed, though, where else are you going to put him in this lineup? Well, I'm looking now. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're well, because also Konechny is one of the faster guys on the team. Sure. Oh, God. Poor Travis Konechny. On the, well, that I'm, 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 getting, I'm getting frustrated myself with Travis Konechny. That's true. Which well, is, but he's in the same situation that Patrick is in. Though. I mean, uh. yeah, but now like they have each other. Yes, they also have Dale Weiss. But you guys don't like one of them. Was it last week that Bill was yelling about the fact that at some point, if we're going to keep saying that Travis Konechny is something, he's got to do something? That feels right. Because because then I said that that Dale Weiss and Travis Konechny nullify each other. Yeah. And then it's just Nolan Nolan Patrick skating out there by himself. What's going on, guys? Because we got one plus, one minus, and then it's just Nolan Patrick. That feels right. My poor boy. He's just by himself. No, they, they they need to figure out how to get something out of Nolan Patrick this year. And not just because it makes the fans much happier. It's just because, like, you want this guy to get confidence. You yeah. want this guy to feel like he can be impactful at the NHL. And, like, that was truthfully the reason why I was, generally speaking, in favor of, of lending him to Team Canada was because I watch him right now and I'm watching a guy who... You know, number one, I I don't think he's quite strong enough to thrive in the NHL yet, and that's just going to come with time. That's going to come with getting on a workout plan and you know having a full off season where he's not rehabbing or after yeah. surgery. Like that'll happen over time. But I I I get the feeling like in the beginning of this year, his passing was great, and now his passing isn't good. And I think part of that is because he's overthinking things because he's frustrated. Yeah. And I I like the idea of giving him three weeks with 
elite players his own age, but still players his own age, that he could go there and torch everyone and then come back and be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Nolan Patrick. I'm really good at the game of hockey. That <laughs> yeah, was that's the, actually a good point. But, Remember who I am. But I, I'm not like... I'm not mad that Hextall isn't sending him there. It was just one of those things where, like, I like the idea. I'm not crushed that he's not going, but I thought it might have helped him. And this might help him, too. Maybe this really is just a matter of, like, you just need to keep throwing him out there, and eventually he's going to figure this out. I like, you know what I do like, though, is that they're not giving up on the Nolan Patrick as center. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to call, call an experiment. Like, they're not giving up yeah, at, no, he's at, on him as a center. Like, they're not trying to force him onto... Uh, Lawton and Lear's wing. Like, they're not trying to do that. Like, they're they're definitely giving him center minutes. Granted, it's eight minutes a game, which is another problem. So, back into the time on ice, which is something that I've been obsessed with since I figured out how to look at Corey's stats. Corey, I'm, I'm a shit and just figured this out. Um, also, thank you for listening. You're my favorite. Um, so, they get eight minutes a night. Yeah, the, good, good. the good thing, the good thing is that Dale Weiss is definitely getting the least ice time out of everybody <laughs> on the team. Small victories. Like that is a thing that is good. Like Dave Haxtall, good job. You figured that out. But the rest of the line is also suffering because of that. So it's not even like they're throwing them in on another line that they're double shifting. It's just the whole line is getting stapled to the bench, mostly in the third period, but also, throughout the rest of the game, they're just not getting a lot of time on ice. Well, that line's getting murdered. Yeah. I was going to say, you've yeah, got some numbers problem. here. That's Tell why, that, me that's about the hard them. part, yeah. Well, and that's why I'm, I'm not too pumped about the winning streak yet, because all the lines aren't really <laughs> that great overall. But Tell this me about line, it. so these are real numbers. Um, the Konechny, Patrick, and Weiss line has a 7.89 Corsi 4 percentage together. Seems bad. Three shot attempts, four, 35 against. Jesus. And in 15 minutes and 37 time on ice, that's one shot attempt a game, and they're giving up. That's over two a minute, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds, two a minute and change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't math. And then uh, that's they, so bad. <laughs> they're getting torched. Yeah. And I think like the, the home plate area shots, too, I think it was like zero, four, 22 against. So. Welp. It's not good. That's really, really bad. I'll say that. I'll go out on a limb and say it's not good. It is. Are they getting tough competition? I don't think no. so. No, I don't no, think like so. The, like the oh, one game they're up against, like Garnet Hathaway, I think. Which I've I mean, never heard of him. Well, there you go. That's, yeah. <laughs> no, it, he's not. He's not. It's it's one of those things where, like, you know, I I'd like to have them be getting up. more ice time, but at the same time, I mean, if this is a case that like before every game, Haxel's going in being like they're getting my fourth line, that would annoy me. But if this is a case of like he watches them in the third period, is like man, they look like shit. I can't play these guys that much. Like I can't really argue with it because they yeah. really have not looked good. Well, that was and that was a big thing with the Calgary game too. Was it was a ten game losing streak and they were on the ice for both the goals against in like five minutes time on ice and they looked they were getting hemmed in. Yeah. So he's just like you guys aren't going out in the third. I don't want to tell you so. But shouldn't he make a better line then? No, he should. Well, that's the thing is he should. It's just we don't know. We, I mean, yeah, like, like, let's what would what would that look like? I, I don't uh, even know. So so I, I think, would put the honeybees back together. No, I like Raffle with for, Voracek. All right. That's fair. Raffle, Patrick, Voracek. Yes. And then I was thinking. Um, Wheel, Lawton, Lear is fine. Put Konechny, Philpola, Weiss. Like that's. No, I was thinking um, Wheel, Lawton, Konechny. Yeah, that'll do. And then well, Konechny would be on there. And what do you do with Lear? You put Lear with Philpola. Lear and Philpola. He's going to have to suck Weiss. it up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there would be less Ken. outrage if Taylor Lear was on the fourth line after producing than. I think you're Can correct. we wave Dale Weiss and bring back Meat Reed? <laughs> like, seriously. I think of how just... much better all of this would be if we were talking about Matt Reed and not Dale Weiss. It would be so A much. A lot better. It would be so much better because I still trust Matt Reed to at least do something Hockey right. things. Like, anything. I'm going to put Oxycontin in Dale Weiss's bag. We're, we're, we're doing it? <laughs> I think so. That's what Dean Lombardi is here for. That's why he's here. But that's, he does all the things. Dean, you're listening. He Dean, does hello. all the things. Dean, just, he does just the do things when they, that we don't talk about. When they send Mark Alt back down, and that will eventually happen, right? I mean, he could put maybe, Dale Weiss in his bags. But, like, I mean, I guess it would, it'll happen at the latest, it'll happen when Manning comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, Alt's kind of fine as the seven. Yeah, I don't really care if Mark Alt's sitting in the box. Yeah. Well, the, the, what I was going to say is they've got to send somebody back down to bring Matt Reed up, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they do. So 
Like, let's just do that. Wait, we get Gudis back tomorrow, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Gudis is back. Hey. Gudis is back tomorrow. Another Everett Silvertip, by the way, going back to the defensive system way back in the beginning of the show. What about it? He's from, uh, he played with the Silvertip. Oh, did he really? I didn't know that. Full circle. I didn't know that. (laughs) Um, I would like for Radko Gudis to come back and take revenge against... Um, Evgeny Kuznetsov. That's the Komarov. No, Komarov. Oh yeah, uh, Uncle Leo. Yeah, that dude. because it's we we need it. We need um, it. We actually we need, need it. it. The we, NHL will do it. So. I, I understand that you're going to get suspended again <laughs> for a very long time. Like I understand that, Gudis. First I shift, he goes like a baseball swing. Just <laughs> right, up. like I, I understand. Throws off his gloves. I'm but also, him. we need this. <laughs> like the city of Philadelphia needs this. Can he uh, do it against a not Leafs team? No, no it's got to no. be. It's got to be this guy who killed Ghost and got nothing. Oh, it's true. It's got to be him. This did happen. It was not that fun. Did happen. Like yeah. there's unless unless it's gonna be Dale Weiss. Like do us all the favor and yes. I would be. I would prefer this, Dale. <laughs> Dale Weiss's greatest moment. We as a have flyer. a job for you. I, you know what? If he did that, I'd buy his jersey. I'll build I a would do it tomorrow in Xfinity the Wells Fargo Live. Center. I would do it. I'd do it. But so just to, to change topics, because we've been kind of trying to figure out these lines, you know, and how mm. we get Patrick going. But one cool thing about this streak, and I agree with Cray that like their underlying numbers haven't been amazing, but they're getting scoring from people mm-hmm. that aren't named Claude yeah. Giroux, Sean Gattere, and Jake Voracek. And Simmer. Like, getting there. We got, we got Raffle. We mentioned him. He is on fire. Seven mm-hmm. points in eight games, five goals. And he didn't score for 20 games <laughs> <laughs> to start the season. Then we got Simmons, goals in three straight. Now, granted, two of them were empty netters, but hey, they count Listen, the same. Count all the same. Goals yeah. are goals, baby. We're not saying that about anybody else, but for Wayne Simmons, <laughs> they all count. Were they even strength, though? Uh, well, it was empty netter then. <laughs> yeah, they're on the road, too. I don't know if they <laughs> okay. count. Yeah. Uh, then we got Philpola, who, I mean, I know Craig just shit on saying, like, does he really do anything? Yeah. Like, does no. have, he cool. does have four points in the last three games, <laughs> even if it's like the third wheel on that line. Like, eh, he's doing okay. Uh, Scott Lawton scored twice against Calgary. Jordan Wheel is looking back Scott to being Lawton. okay again. Um, I don't remember him scoring. He touched the ghost shot like that was going over yeah. the line, and then he put in the the fifth wheel, goal. the wheel uh, it was around a good the net. Goal. Yeah, it was just yeah. like it really didn't they didn't need it. But. but I guess the question I have is like, is this a case of like obviously at some point these guys are going to start scoring, or is something changing to get them going? Like what what is going on here? Because in the end, like these like these are good players. You would think they were going to start scoring eventually, but they just weren't for like a good <laughs> two month long period. And now it seems like out of nowhere, everyone's scoring at the same time. Well, I think with some of them, I mean, Raffle and Simmons, they were always going to score eventually because they. I mean, Wayne Simmons was always going to score eventually, <laughs> and Michael Raffle is not a, a huge point producer, but dude does every single thing right like he was going to score eventually i mean it's possible that that you know a little closed door come to jesus meeting that they had at the end of the losing streak maybe you know every now and again they have to kick themselves in the ass and maybe that happened i i don't think you're wrong yeah Yeah. that means i'm right folks (laughs) (laughs) i think maybe voracek not going up against i mean when they had the the loaded top line it was kind of obvious who you had to shut down every night and now either voracek's not playing the top D unit or that top line is not seeing the toughest competition every game too. That's fair. And also the honeybees, yeah. the honeybees were mowing teams down. They just couldn't oh, score. Yeah. Say they yeah. And now they yeah. just put Will on that line. They're like, all right, I guess we're scoring now. That's going to think That'll we're going to do. do. I, yeah. for, for next show, because we're now over time, Oops. for next show I want to talk about Jordan Wheel and how I'm convinced that I was correct. <laughs> all summer. Wait, what was your what was your summertime Jordan Wheel take? I don't that remember. he's probably not that good. Oh snap! He's just a guy. Just a guy. just a guy. Yeah. Just a guy. So I'm going to close out with the All Star Game, which is not coming up anytime soon. <laughs> it is in Tampa Bay on January 28th. But that's kind of soon. Voting is open for captains. That's all the fans are allowed to vote for this year because we ruined it with John Scott. So we're only allowed to vote for captains. There are four options there for the Flyers, which is a lot for a not great team. Yuri Laterra. Yuri Laterra is not one of them. So it's Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, Shane Gossesbear, and Jake Voracek. I think that this is the first time I've seen Sean Couturier on an all-star ballot. Pretty neat. And that's really, really cool. So I think you can vote 
I don't know, like 10 or 12 times a day. Like the, the NHL.com is so they don't give a shit. <laughs> Do we have thoughts on the four that they picked? So while I think it would be super cool and fun for Sean Couturier to get this, I want Claude Giroux to get it because he deserves a bit of redemption, I think, from both Flyers fans and the league as a whole. I don't think he's respected enough, and I think that this would uh, I think that's fair. do a little bit to get him I there. Agree with that. I want Shane Goss's bear to get it. As cool. as just a giant middle finger to Dave Hextall. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was I, mean, I, I wouldn't hate that. Like, oh, you don't think I'm any good? <laughs> I'm going to be an all-star. Literally so, everybody else does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anything else? Um, I don't know. Do we want to uh, talk about the party or... Oh, oh, is that a thing we can talk about? We don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> however, keep, keep your eyes out. <laughs> however, on December 23rd. Don't make any plans. Which is Festivus. Do not make any plans except to be in the city of Philadelphia with Broad Street Hockey. Airing your grievances. Airing your grievances and watching them probably lose to the Columbus Get Blue Jackets. By yeah. The party will not end until someone pins Charlie. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Feats of strength. Uh, we, we believe. Um, I, I'm in conversations with Bully's Pub right now down at Xfinity Live. Um, they may open just for us. So I need everybody to show up and it'll be a lot of fun. So yeah. that is Saturday, the eve of Christmas Eve, and it'll be a lot of fun. And that is all the time we have this week. Thank you, Craig. Sports are bad for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Kelly, Charlie, and Bill, who is in the air. Have a great week, Philly. Are you ready to talk about sports? Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.